to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. It's time for us to recap and break down um, the 49ers game against the division-leading Arizona Cardinals. And it was a game of ups, a game of downs, um, ultimately a lot of exciting things, and then some things that um, were disappointing. But I, I think that the 49ers, you know, went out there and played very good defense. So at least there's a lot to take away from this. And we got to see our first glimpse of Trey Lance behind center. And he had moments where he absolutely shined. Moments where he looked like a rookie, and I think all of that was to be expected. Absolutely, it definitely was. So make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and that notification bell. That way you're notified when all of these videos go live, which is daily at 11 a.m. on Mondays. You may have missed our earlier episode of 49ers Face Off, so make sure you're notified because we got videos that come out all throughout the week, varying times, usually morning, afternoon, right here at 11 a.m., and then sporadically other places. We also got stuff over on Patreon if you're interested, so hop on over there. But Ant, let's let's recap this game. Let's dive into what happened and, and what the 49ers did and did not do well. It's 49ers versus Cardinals recap. And we gotta start off with the defense and what the incredible job that this defense did very early on in this game of stifling, slowing down this Cardinals offense, taking away the things that they wanted to do, not allowing the run game to get going at all whatsoever. Um, when the Cardinals had favorable run boxes, it wasn't a favorable run box. Guys were eating up in space, whether that was DJ Jones, whether that, that was Eric Armstead, whether that was Javon Kinlaw, Fred Warner, and Aziz Alshair, both of them filling in space. And the safeties, yet again, demonstrating how wonderful they are coming up in certain situations, especially run fits when they know the ball is being run, coming up in space, making tackles, and basically negating them from getting any sort of big push or momentum with the run game and the ground game, which forces Kyler Murray to have to play a little bit more confined and contained. Yeah, I think after that first drive that the Cardinals had after the Trey Lance turnover, it didn't feel good right away because they were taking what was there. Um, they were you know taking Christian Kirk over the middle and just getting him the ball out of the slot and just taking advantage of it. The Niners were running his own coverage um, and just allowing Kyler Murray to complete passes underneath and that's what they knew they were going to do. That was the game plan from the beginning is give him a favorable run box and see if he was going to be willing to run the ball over and over. Like we talked about before, there's not many quarterbacks that operate as a robot like Peyton Manning and, oh, no, this is automatic run box. I'm going to run the football. This is automatic run box. I'm going to run the football. And Kyler wasn't willing to do that early. And, and that is one of the things that him and Cliff Kingsbury aren't willing to do. And it was also how long are they going to be able to stick in a, a system and an offensive set that is going to put the 49ers in a base 4-3 system. And they weren't able to do it consistently throughout the game. They only did it from time to time. Kingsbury didn't have that conviction, that fortitude that we talked about during the week to do that. So they couldn't take advantage of the 49ers defense the way Seattle did uh, in that second half. Now, what I liked about what the 49ers did was, even though they gave up that early touchdown, they rallied back, got back after it. And we talked about this in our, um, in our shows earlier. We were talking about the game plan show, where you need one big play to happen. And then you can play underneath, tackle it, and get off the field. And DJ Jones gets the big sack. And it's only a big sack because DJ Jones is coming up the middle and Kyler Murray goes to run right. And right there's Eric Armstead in the right proper position. He can't do that. So he starts to turn back. DJ Jones grabs him. Next thing you know, it's second. And I think it was 25 at the time. Huge loss on the play. 
and it set the 49ers defense to get up, you know, get off the field. And I think after that, they really settled in and played well. And the 49ers offense got it going enough to move the move the ball and keep the time of possession in their favor, where they could keep Arizona and Kyler Murray in this explosive offense off the field. Defense time the rest. The defense played very well because of it. That is the major difference between yeah. this week and other weeks. The 49ers offense moved the ball enough. They converted on on third downs enough. They got the ball to midfield enough. They did enough to it felt like it felt like the offense necessarily, especially early in that first half, right, wasn't doing more. You wanted them to do more, but they were moving the ball down the field. They got inside the 50 three separate times. So that's three opportunities put points on the board yeah. and came away with nothing, but drives were going, clock was moving, the defense was making great stops and great plays, and then not having to immediately go back out on the field and do it again. They were able to rest, digest, see what's going on, you know, seeing you know the young men scramble and get first downs, seeing the 49ers have opportunities, right? The run game moving, clock ticking, Elijah Mitchell looking phenomenal and fantastic Welcome in back. the run game, very much needed extremely needed and the nice part was too is we got to see later them go to trey sermon at times and get elijah mitchell a little bit of a break and have completely fresh legs late in the game yeah that was nice to see a little bit as well um look i, I it was a breath of fresh air having elijah mitchell in with the run game you got to see how much different it was uh the fact that the cardinals couldn't just respect one guy right they, they didn't they couldn't just respect Trey Lance's running ability. They had to account for Elijah Mitchell in space. And we got to see Elijah Mitchell motion out a lot as well in running routes and them sending him as a pass as a pass receiver out in space. I know he didn't really catch any footballs, but they yeah, put he had him, the one along the sideline. He had the one along the sideline. Yeah. But they didn't like right, there wasn't a lot of he didn't have a bunch of catches. No. But they were out there having to occupy him in space, spreading the defense out, and then allowing Trey Lance to come in and run the ball underneath in favorable run boxes with five guys, five on five. And for the most part, when the 49ers went that that spread look and the five-on-five five look up front, other than one play in which Daniel Brunskill almost wins off a spin move on the interior and is able to hold his guy in place and get the maneuvering, they won those situations five-on-five five in the box and run situations. Trey was getting positive yards or eight or nine yards and putting himself in third and manageable, second and manageables, and putting the 49ers in a position where you had the opportunity, a better opportunity anyway, to extend the drive downfield. Yeah, it seemed like with the offense, when it was clicking, they were clicking and, and, and moving the ball pretty well. And when it wasn't, it looked, you know, bad. And, and, and that was part of it. That some of it was the holding and stuff was caused by different things that are going on, whether that is, you know, maybe just making a mistake where Mike McGlinchey doesn't play it right and, he get, you know, gets a hold. Or Trent Williams thinks that Trey Lance is already going to have gotten rid of the ball. Or it's the, the time where Trey's supposed to go inside, but the hole's not there, so he goes outside. So then it looks like Mike McGlinchey's holding, you know, J.J. Watt. It's all circumstance, and there are things – they go into it timing and also execution. And it's not been going the 49ers' way, especially in this game. It didn't at times. And it seemed like, man, there was a lot of holding calls and a lot of penalties against the 49ers. The good news is there were times when I was play calling and then the execution of that play calling, they were able to overcome some of those. And I thought that was interesting when they had the, you know, the, I think it was like first and 25 or second and 25, and they were able to still get a first down. It was like, you know, 49ers haven't always been able to do that. Correct. So that was something that I could at least look at and be like, you know what? You know, there, there's something there. Um, another interesting aspect to this game offensively and game plan wise was the fact Travis Benjamin was playing. I kind of brought up earlier in the week. I thought this might be a week to go to Travis. And sure enough, he's out there. And though he had no catches, he did have an impact on the game because, number one, he was open on the, the first pass that was throw, overthrown uh, by Trey Lance, but also he gets a pass interference call along the sideline because they're so afraid he's going to run it deep. They're having to make contact with him and get physical. 
But I thought he added a little different element. I'm curious what they do if they continue to leave him up, you know, to play against the Colts, or if he's somebody that's going to be back down. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle this situation, but um, it was it was nice to see <clears throat> Travis out there because I think he does add an extra dynamic to this offense. And uh, we need somebody that can take the top off. We didn't get the whole shots, though, down the field that I was expecting. No, you were expecting a little bit more and some more opportunities for it, and it just didn't happen. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you about this is there were times where we saw a lot of situations and sets where you had Travis Benjamin out there in space with other guys and maybe not even the Debo or an Ayuk at certain points in time. I saw a lot of people upset about this. Do you feel that this was because, number one, A, people were feeling, and, and the secondary is feeling with Travis Benjamin out there, you have a feeling and an idea in your mind that the play is going to be going deep down the field, which can suck coverage deep downfield, allow you to operate underneath or maybe get some run opportunities with a favorable box or guys bailing out in coverage. Or B, do you think it may also, maybe it's a little bit of that, Ed, but do you also think that maybe they're trying to figure out whether or not this guy needs to stay on the roster and stay up right now, or if it's time to send him back down? Because they can only move him up and pull him down twice. After you put him back down and pull him up that second time, he's either on your roster or you have to cut him. Yeah. Um, so you think? do you think Kyle is... And to an extent, trying to figure out if this guy needs to be up on the roster for a longer period of time. It could be. And I think there's a C as well. Um, because Ooh, guess who's been on the practice squad and catching passes from Trey Lance during practice? That was Benjamin. Um, so there's probably a chemistry that they've developed and he felt comfortable with him. Think about it. When he's moving up in the pocket, who's he throwing to early in this game? Travis. Travis Benjamin. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, Kyle knows what this guy can do, <clears throat> right? I mean, Kyle's seen this guy in practice, but he might have wanted to see what kind of element he could add to the football team and see if it's maybe they're going to catch lightning in a bottle and he could help influence this game and maybe influence this team. Um, because we saw on the film from the week before that Jawan Jennings and Muhammad Sanu, um, Trent Scherfer weren't respected. They were getting covered one-on-one and nobody was really worried about them. So um, you saw a little bit of respect on Travis Benjamin with the, the contact by the corners. But I think that all those things play factors into it. You know, I think, number one, you had the injury. You know, to George Kittle that creates this opportunity. You have the ability of of him to stretch the field and take the top off. Then you have somebody that's comfortable, you know, somebody that he feels comfortable with. And then, like you said, maybe they're taking a look at him to see what they can do. I think there's a lot of reasons to play Travis Benjamin. So the calls to question didn't make sense to me because I thought there was a lot of reasons for him to be up there and and to be taking some of these plays. Let's not forget, this is a guy that's made a lot of plays in the NFL. This is not some Joe Schmo. This is a guy that has dynamic capabilities. He can catch the ball over the middle and go house. He can stretch the field and go house. Um, And the 49ers haven't really had a guy on the outside so far this season that has done that consistently except for Debo Samuel. That's about it. Yes, that's that's literally about it. Uh, And Debo had himself, again, another heck of a day where there was that sideline catch where he's twisting and turning in the air and double tapping down and then still finding a way to get upfield and make plays the incredible snag on the sideline. Um, I mean, he had himself one heck of a day. Brandon Ayuk had himself one heck of a day. A couple of those throws from uh, from Trey Lance were in the perfect spot, and Ayuk made an absolutely incredible throw, the one where he's blanketed on the on the third down where he makes a catch for the first, and then that one-handed pin against the body catch with him. I think it was Buda Baker who's blanketed all over him in space. He's able to pin that thing and then break it around for, for a big gain. Those were things that were nice to see. And we find a way to get this guy the ball more because when he catches the ball over the middle of the field, man, he can make plays too. Well, we don't know how many other ones were going to him. I know one for sure was going to him and Correct. it was knocked down uh, where he actually got pass interfered against. Uh, they were making contact again and trying to impede him from getting up the field. He And he because he gave, he sold that like a, like a fly. Like he was going vertical down the field, the yep. nine route. He, it was a go. Um, the guy's kind of sitting on them, sitting there waiting. Uh basically tried to take a charge. I mean, it's what it looked like. It looked like yeah. a guy setting up for a charge. I'm like, that's not, 
That's not how that works, guy. It's, yeah, it's, it's, definitely legal contact there. I hope yeah. I hope that's not a teaching point that you guys got over there in Arizona because that's not going to lead to success. You can't be doing that kind of stuff in the NFL and think that's going to lead to good things for for you for your team. Uh, but no, I mean, I th- I thought Ayuk definitely is getting open. It, it looked like he was getting his. I think getting, he was open more than that. Yeah, I, I think he was. I think he was yeah. open a lot, and I think he had a lot of opportunities. We'll see how that continues to build well and how they game plan more opportunities for him in the future. Yeah, and we did have some drops. You know, Mohamed knew how to drop that. He should. He really should have caught that. Um, Debo had a couple of drops. The one on the slant, um, that was on him pretty quick. And then he had the one on the screen um, where he just looks up field too fast. I mean, you see his eyes go, yeah, it's on his hip. It's a good enough pass to be able to be caught. And he just looks up field. He sees what's there. It's open. Yes. He's going to get positive yards out of it. And unfortunately, um, he makes the you know the, the old mistake of if you got to see it all the way in, and he didn't see it all the way in. Yeah, Sanu's, Sanu's catch was basically the same thing. He's looking inside and looking at the – he feels the defender's coming. Oh, yeah. And there's no the, – there's more room between him and the defender than I think he realized. Um, and he's more worried about the defender maybe, maybe coming in space and him getting down to protect himself than he is about securing the football. Um, you know, my brother messaged me on that one, and he was like, you know, what the heck happened? Why is he putting that ball there? And I was like, well, yeah, it's not, a, it's not the best ball placement, but here's the thing, right? Debo – can catch the football we've seen Debo catch the football oh, yeah. he's got to catch that football I, I think we're being absolutely picky if you're we, nitpicking if, the crap out of I mean one, I yeah. mean come on right here <clears throat> I mean the, the hip you, you got to catch you that catch football. those things yeah Debo catch catches that a thousand times out of well a thousand a thousand and one out of a thousand and one I, I mean yeah I was I seen his eyes go upfield and he just tried to catch it it's no different than Kyler Murray trying to catch the snap and taking his eyes off the oh, he was the going, and, he was reading yeah. early. Oh yeah, he was, and you know that's that's the effect of Nick Bosa and D Ford and those guys. Uh, Pretty so, nice effect. Yeah, it, it was, and so yeah, I mean, so there was some issues with the offense from time to time, but um, I think they're execution issues, and whenever you have execution issues, you know you can fix them. So um, let, let's let's see how they fix it. I am curious, but um, you know, at least they were in this game the whole time. Uh, they didn't get handled like they like the Rams got handled by Arizona. Um, they played them tough. They've been playing everyone tough. And, based based on yeah. this performance, right? If you just go based on this performance, the Niners are the second best team in the NFC West. <laughs> I, I like what you did there. It's a reach, um, I, but I like it. You have to base it on the current state of things, yeah, right? We've given true. the Cardinals the best game in the NFC West. If so facto, we're the second best team in the NFC. What are you worried what about, about Minnesota losing by a field goal? So is Minnesota the second best team in the NFL, and then we're third? We'll slow our roll. Yeah. <laughs> Let's slow our roll because they also barely beat the Lions. Um, you can say the same whoa, thing, I guess, whoa, about whoa, us, whoa. but we were up pretty big on the Lions before we let them crawl back in. Yeah. So let's 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 slow the roll there. The Lions had the win in the bag and then just get Lions. It's unfortunate. You hate to see it. I, I was there was a point in time where I was like, is there any way that on that Vikings kick, by the way, that the thing goes, it hits three posts and then sits on the goalpost and doesn't teeter one way or the other because both teams are cursed and you can't have one of them actually come out of that with, with a definitive win or loss. I was hoping for it. That, that's, that's very specific, um, very well thought out, what, sir. What yeah. do you expect? What, know, do you, right? what do you expect? And the specifics is my thing. It's my go-to. Yeah. It's my shtick around here. Uh, but look, I, I felt the offense had its opportunities, right? I think the big thing that's most frustrating for everyone right now is the fact that you had – a situation where early in that game, no points, right? Coming into halftime again, the offense doesn't put up any points. The Niners had opportunities. Oh, yeah. And they could have kicked field goals. They could have done something, other things like that. But you said it during our reaction show. This is Kyler Murray in Arizona's offense. Field goals shouldn't be enough to win those types of football games. They've been scoring 35-plus, right? They've been putting up 400-plus yards of offense. 
and I made a prediction on the all you can uh, not the all you can compete Seahawks podcast, which is Sam's podcast. You can go check that out. But the He's on Fire podcast, the Arizona Cardinals, in which my score prediction was 17-13 San Francisco. Um, and they a couple of the guys on there thought that was an absolutely ridiculous. The defense is going to score 13 points. You know, so how many points is the offense going to actually score? I even told them that hey, my wild that's bold prediction was that. Kyler Murray was going to throw for under 275, or they were going to have 275 yards of total offense. Kyler Murray was, um, you know, that ended up being a reality. My wild that's bold came true. My score prediction was darn near close to being true. The 49ers defense did enough. Yeah. And unfortunately, the offense just didn't capitalize on enough situations because they had opportunities. And I liked the fact that Debo addressed that in the press conference after the game, the presser. He talked about that. We had opportunities. We have to start converting these opportunities, making the most of the chances that we do have. Right now, we're not doing it, and he's right. Yeah, it, it, this is the first time that the 49ers were really stopping the red zone. I mean, mm-hmm. the 49ers have been operating at a high level there. The number, you know, it was it 12? We were 12 for 12. It was like the game. most efficient, you know, offense inside the red zone. So that hasn't been an issue this year, and that's something I've clamored on for a couple of years now, and it just wasn't. And unfortunately, you know, today it got stopped. You know, in, in Sunday's game, it got stopped, and that is that is unfortunate. That's too bad, um, but you know you're gonna learn from it. And really, when it came down to it, Trey was inches away from scoring that touchdown. Literally, I inches. love that call. I love putting Trey out there, letting him have the choice to throw or run. This is the situation you want a quarterback, you know, like him in. And it just didn't get it done this time. They had two guys converge on him, and both of them hit him, and you know, hit him hard in the perfect spot too. Oh yeah, both sides of the shoulders where you're just going to stop any momentum that he potentially can't. He can't squirm. Yeah. He can't turn. He can't twist. He's either bullying both through both of you or exactly what happens, happens. He's hitting you, and it's like hitting a brick wall, stopping in your tracks. Yeah, and they stopped in their tracks as well. It, it was it was a, a big-time hit, um, but it's unfortunate that he didn't get in. And I was going to ask you what you thought of this because we didn't really get into it a whole lot, but Kyle Shanahan decided to go for a lot of fourth downs in this game. Yeah. Like a lot. Um, and some of the calls were great. Some of the calls, you know, there was the one with Kyle Juszczyk that I didn't really like the play call overall. Correct. Um, but I thought that, what did you think about him having that aggressive nature and just going after it? Loved it. Yeah. It's been my criticism the first few weeks with him is fourth and ones. You know, you're supposed to be able to believe in your defense. You're supposed to trust in your D. You're supposed to trust in Fred Warner and these guys to get it done right. Your D line to get after the pass rush. All of these things that we've been hearing about this defense and on fourth and ones, you're punting and pinning him deep. It's like, okay, at what point do you, yeah. what, what point do you trust that your defense is going to get you stops and you put the onus on the offense to extend drives and do things? I've been waiting for it. He went for it on that early fourth down, and I was like, okay, I like that, but is that going to continue all game? Because if, if two series from now we're in the same situation, the same position, and you back down, I'm going to be pissed off. I'm going to be upset. Either go all in with this, this group and this young man that you have out here that you believe opens up the playbook for you and opens up the offense. Go all in or don't go all in, but don't you dare like you know tiptoe over that line and pick and choose those situations. I love the fact it seemed like every single fourth and short Every fourth and short, whether it was four, as long as it was fourth and five or less, Kyle was willing to pull the trigger and go for it. I absolutely loved it. I loved every second of it. Did I love every single play call? No. But do I like the fact that he was willing to roll the dice and you know put the onus on the offense and the young man to hey, I think you can. These are the situations you can thrive in. Let's go get it done. I love that. I think it was an understanding too that we better find a way to score. Um, we're gonna have to use all four downs. We're gonna have to do anything we have to do to score. Because I try to, I'm trying to win this football game, and I'm trying to you know, draw closer to them in the NFC West. So I thought it was a very concerted effort by him to prove to his offense, not only that he had faith in them, but 
that, you know, we need to go out there and get it done. And I have faith in my defense that if, if we get stopped, they can make a play. The defense didn't let him down. The defense mm-hmm. played very well. Um, it's unfortunate the offense didn't convert more of these fourth down opportunities. And I, I think that's something the Niners have done pretty well overall is fourth down opportunities up until this point. Um, so it was, I, I'm, I'm never against going forward on fourth down. I like it. You're overall. not a fan of the punting. I'm not a fan of the punting because, you know, most of the time it's like, especially those situations where you're like the 40 yard line. If the ball goes in the end zone, what's that net 20? Um, you, people always talk about, oh, we'll pin them deep. There's no guarantee you're going to pin them inside the 10. Coffin corner kicks are not easy to do. It's not easy to pin them inside the 10-yard line. How many punters are in the Hall of Fame? Oh, uh, not very many. Yeah. I think, it's, it, I think it's literally two. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess Reggie Roby's not walking through that door. Um, but, no, I'll just – I mean, it's just something that's it's not a big gain, right? And when you're going against an offense that you have that kind of respect for, um, you know that you have to put up points to be able to compete. And if you don't, um, your defense is, is – you know, kind of against the has their back against the wall. Constantly. Um, what's the difference between those twenty yards? You know, you don't know. Um, so go out there, be aggressive, let it fly. And I think I, I was watching the game with my dad, and I told him at one point, I'm like, because he was questioning, "Oh, why are you going for it right here?" And I said, "Well, I said number one, you have to be aggressive." But I said number two, I said you're putting this guy out there with this situation, and these are all film situations you can learn from and short yarded situations. Um, this is what I'm going to see. This is what you see. This is what you can do. And now they can adjust. And I will just say this, with the whole Kyle, with Kyle Juszczyk going under center, it is now time for the complete deke play. Because if I don't know if you saw, but on the snap, Kyle Juszczyk, you know, submarines forward, and you see Trent Williams pull, and then you got um, Trey Lance following a running back around the outside. It's time now to snap it between Kyle Juszczyk's legs. Kyle, don't put his hands underneath yep. center. Just put his hands like this and let him shoot it right over to Trey and go. Oh, I would love it. If, if they pull that off, I'm in, I'm, I'm 100% love it. <clears throat> There's another situation, too, you could do where you bring Kyle Juszczyk in under center, right? You yep. have him sit, and then at the last minute have him motion out a direction and then go into a play from there because Buda Baker and the other safety both come flying upfield yeah. to take that away. You've now set this situation up where you have to respect Kyle Juszczyk coming in motion on this. This would force people up and play. You could put receivers one-on-one out in space with no safety help over the top and take a shot. And hard counts uh, hard because counts they were coming. Also, yeah. uh, a hard count right there from Kyle Juszczyk. Boom, that's a five-yard penalty. 100%. Uh, they were going off sides. Alex Mack snapped it like right away because he was trying to anticipate that blitz coming. But um, I think Kyle thought he was closer than they actually were to. And Kyle talked about this the last time, right? They were in that sort of similar situation. The first time... He didn't pull the trigger on it because he thought Trey lost Trey yeah. Sermon lost yardage and he didn't have the room necessary to run it. And then he realized he was closer. And he's like, ah, I should have just stuck with my gut. This is a situation where they didn't gain as much yardage on that play as I think he thought. And he didn't second guess himself. He's like, this is a situation. I trust this. Kyle, go, go. Let's let's put it in. Let's do it. Um, it just didn't go their way. Kyle didn't get the yardage. I still thought it was a pretty bad spot, but he was definitely short of the line. Again. Yeah, he was short. I didn't even know why they were measuring. I'm no. like, I was like, why are you measuring? For well, that? I thought the spot they had was shorter than where he actually got to Could on the been. field. Um, but I, when I was watching the replay back, I was like, it's definitely shorter where you marked it, but he definitely didn't get the first down. Yeah. Like, this is a waste of time. Let's just get the defense out here. Let's go. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. And then, you know, I mean, they get the turnover and stop them, and then they get stopped again. That, was, just, the, it, that was the part that sucked, right? You, yeah. get, you get that. Uh, was it? Yeah, we got the turnover, right? That's the Dante Johnson strip right after yeah. that. And, and then you don't do anything with the football. It's like, oh, oh, the, yeah. def- the poor it's defense frustrating. right now. It really is. Uh, but and we had some key matchups, right? We got to yeah. talk about these, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Let's start with the O. Oh, what was your offensive key matchup? Uh, my offensive key matchup was the 49ers offensive line versus the front seven for the Cardinals. 
And you know what? This one is a mixed bag because I thought at times the offensive line played well, and then at times they got exposed. I thought situations where the ball maybe should have came out a little bit earlier, they they looked bad, but they got some holding calls. There were some times when they didn't do great in the run fits. Um, so I would say the Cardinals get the victory today, whether that is from circumstance or whatever. Um, they outperformed. J.J. Watt made some plays in this game. Uh, Chandler Jones made some plays, and uh, that's what they needed to do. Um, the I I thought the Forest needed to run the ball, and they did. You know, they rushed you know right about 100 yards or over 100 yards in the 154, game. 154, I think. Ooh, okay, a lot better than I thought. My wildest bull was they were going to go for 200, so it was actually closer than I anticipated. Close. I thought Trey Lance would play a big part in that with the run game, and he did. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely can't give them a win on this. Uh, I think Cardinals won just, you know, got it enough done in this game. But I thought they played admirably. Um, and there's still some adjustment. There's going to be some adjustment they have to make to Trey Lance being the quarterback. Uh, he's going he's gonna to run around. He's going to move. So normally you know how to shield your guy off, know where to put your hands. Now there's going to be times when he's going to run around you. So it's going to be it's, – it's just a different cat and different way to play, and they're going to have to adjust to it. Definitely going to have to adjust to it. My offensive key matchup was Elijah Mitchell versus Isaiah Simmons, a matchup of biblical proportions, as Ant liked to call it. That's right. Uh, and look, it, it was – why. I, won- I wonder. Um, I-, I can't give Elijah Mitchell a loss on this. Um, he only had nine touches. Right. But those nine touches went for 43 yards in the receiving game as well. He did have himself a nice two catches. I thought it was just one, but two catches for 19 yards – this is a guy who, when he was touching the ball, was averaging essentially five to six and a half yards a touch. Um, he was definitely winning those matchups against Isaiah Simmons when it was Isaiah Simmons, whether whatever linebacker it was in space that was coming up and trying to tackle him in the box. He was able to break that first tackle, run through some of those arm tackles, and get big gains. Elijah Mitchell won this matchup. He got a lot of things going. They didn't give him as many touches as I would have liked, but I wonder if a lot of that is because of the shoulder and they're trying to protect him from himself right now. And you knew you had a big bruising guy in Trey Lance that you could run a lot of these QB draws and things of that nature True. to take some of the burden off Elijah Mitchell's shoulders. But whenever he touched the ball today, the 49ers run game had success. He had a long run of 15. That was beautiful. He shot through the hole, kind of jumped between two guys and got downfield. And I thought, ooh, man, that has the potential to bust. And it was close. It was close a couple of times where he was just a, a tackle break away from being able to turn that into a big play. I loved what I saw from the kid. The more he runs in the system, the more comfortable he's going to be. The more times he's going to know when he can take some of those some of those runs through the hole, bounce out to the edge, and try and put himself one-on-one with the safety near the sideline. Those things are going to be big plays because those are the whole shot yeah. plays that we're talking about. Yeah, right now he's doing what coaches are telling him. You know, They're telling him, hey, get your foot in the ground, recognize the hole, get vertical, get as many yards as you can. That's what you're teaching the young guy right now. Uh, but you can tell there's a different speed element from him than Trey Sermon. Uh, Trey Sermon is... is you know, not very fast getting to the hole, and Elijah Mitchell is. The holes that were closing for Trey Sermon the week before were still open for Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he just getting to the hole a lot faster and a lot cleaner, and then he gets vertical a lot faster. So uh, I, it was exciting to have him back in there. Some of the things he did made me ooh and ah. Uh, I was very impressed with his running style. I've liked it from the beginning. I like his forward lean. Uh, I'm impressed by him, and I'm looking to see how he continues to develop in this, during this season because I think they got a steal in the sixth round. I think this guy's going to be a big-time player for them in the future. And I'm excited about this run game with Elijah Mitchell at the helm. Uh, I'm a little little less you know, likely to be excited about Trey Sermon only because of the speed factor. Um, they did get him to the outside in this game, which I was happy to see. But yeah, he doesn't do the same. I mean, the play that they ran, the one where Elijah Mitchell gets around the outside, they literally pulled Trent Williams and Lakin Tomlinson to the right to look like it was quarterback power. 
and gave it to Elijah Mitchell and expected him to be fast enough to get around the outside where that defensive end couldn't get upfield and get him. And he got a nice positive gain. I think it was like eight or nine yards on the play. It's like, yeah, you can't do that with all the other running backs. You have to do it with guys like Raheem Mostert and Elijah Mitchell. I thought that was very, um, a very good point and a very good angle and perspective to look at it, how Kyle Shanahan views Elijah Mitchell compared to maybe Trey Sermon. Uh, and the other backs, even I don't, I don't know if the, any of the other guys could do that besides Raheem Mostert. No, that, that, other than Raheem Mostert, man, that's that's yeah. literally about it. Um, look, the 49ers offense is going to continue to develop and they're going to continue to to grow, uh, but they definitely have things that they need to execute. But a couple of guys today executed very very well, and there are straight beast offensive players of the game. Let's get to it. Straight beasts, these are the guys who go out there and execute offensively, make big plays, do things for this offense to keep going, get it going, and, and keep it going at a high level. And, Ant, I have a feeling that you and I both think there's one guy that definitely was 100% a straight beast. We may have some other guys as well, too, but who is your offensive straight beast? And I'll let you know whether or not I agree with you, but I'm pretty sure you're going to hit this out of the park. Yeah, for the second straight week, I'm going with Debo Samuel. Yeah. Um, Debo Samuel was making you know big catches, I mean catches that, you expect a big-time receiver to make in this league, and he was getting them. He's out there strong-handing plays, and then he had the nice run around the outside where he read the blocks, broke a tackle, and got into the end zone for the touchdown, um, which ends up being the 49ers' only offensive touchdown in the game. But I thought, once again, he proved to be a playmaker for the 49ers, someone that you can count on uh, play in and play out. I know he had the two drops, but those two drops were in the first half, and he responded in the second half by not having drops. That catch that he had in the fourth quarter where he jumps up and takes the ball, I mean, that is one heck of a play. Uh, if he doesn't catch that and it goes off of his hands, you never know what could happen. So I'm I'm going with Debo on this. I think he was a, a straight beast in this game. Yeah, 100%. Yes, not wrong. You're right. You're accurate. And he was a straight beast. He's been a straight beast. He's going to continue to be a straight beast. Probably. No one should be surprised by that. The the Debo send Samuel ascendance is upon us, um, and he's ascending at a rapid rate and a rapid pace. You just love to see it. Uh, I have to give love to Brandon Ayuk, though. I have to, because those two catches that he made, the incredible one on the sideline where Trey throws a very good ball, a very wonderful, fantastic ball oh, outside the numbers, awesome. low, away, in space, where only Ayuk can get it. And Ayuk has every reason to drop the football. He's blanketed, smothered, hard to see, and he somehow comes away with a big third down catch to extend yep. the drive. And then the one over the middle where he pins it one-handed against his chest, is able to shed the guy who's basically mugging him from start to finish on the route, break a couple tackles, get to the outside, I stood up and shot. I was like, go, B.A., you son of a gun. Get there. Get there. I thought he was going to turn the corner and house call it, man. He got close. It was a nice play. It was a great play. Extended. Got the offense some momentum on that drive. Um, Brandon Ayuk is stepping up. He's been elevating his play each and every week. Last week was the only real down week that we saw from him. Um, and there were opportunities last week that just got missed and some opportunities where he was wide open in space and toasted people. Yeah. Um, and Trey just wasn't able to find him. He found him a couple times this week at crucial points and crucial situations of the game, and Brandon Ayuk didn't disappoint. The more time they two, those two have, and the more time that Brandon has just within the system and in the offense, the more chemistry he's going to develop, and the more chemistry he develops, the more comfortable Kyle's going to be dialing things up for him, and then the offense is going to become even more dynamic yeah. because you can't just focus on one guy. you got to focus on two. Yeah, and those were elite throws and catches, those, those two big ones. Those mm -hmm. were elite you know, plays um, from both players. And that was really nice. Yeah, and, and in the game before, there was a lot of times where Brandon Ayuk was out there like Ace Ventura. Um, we know when he's in the mental facility. And he's like, I'm open, I'm open. Uh, that's what it felt like a couple times last week. Mm -hmm. um, but this week, you know, he did a good job. And, and that's, a, that's a solid pick because I think him and Debo did go out there and do their best, you know, to kind of take some of the, the pressure off of Trey Lance. 
Um, Muhammad Sanu had a, a decent game as well. Just I wish he wouldn't have had the big drop because the big drop really um, changes the game because that would have been a huge third down conversion. And maybe the 49ers get some points there and the, and the Cardinals don't, which the Cardinals end up getting a field goal in that drive. So um, it's, it's a pivotal part in the game. But, hey, that's what happens. They had the big drop there, and I think we went for it on that fourth down and didn't convert. Oh, no, that, we were deep in our... We, we were deep. We yeah, that was a Wisnowski punt. That yeah. was a Mishmat. Yeah, because we were still on many, our side of the ball. He didn't have many of those. No, I think that was our. I think that was a three and out, which was like, you know, we didn't do very many three and outs in this game. No, that was nice. Yeah. That was also needed and necessary. Oh, 100%. Um, but look, the, the offensive side of the ball had its, had its faults, had its flaws, had its issues. The defense, not so much, man. Not so much. The defense was lights out, including... Surprise hero in Dante Johnson and tied for second on the team in tackles and the big force fumble uh, that, ca that caused the turnover for the 49ers. It's too bad we didn't do anything with that turnover, but we got one. Ant. We finally got one. We didn't lose the turnover battle, but we also didn't win it today. Uh, but overall, the defense played phenomenal, played lights out. And it's completely stymied, slowed down this Cardinals offense, which is what we kind of thought was going to need to happen. I think we both thought that the Cardinals offense at some point might get going a little bit more, and you know, hopefully your offense is clicking at that point and your defense has created enough turnovers and enough good field positions that you put up more points. But they really didn't get it figured out until very, very late on the basically the game-winning touchdown drive. Yeah, I don't even think then they figured it out. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, Kyler breaks the pocket a little bit and throws up you know, what looks like a pop fly. And Jimmy Ward kind of outruns it, and you know D-Hop makes the play on it. And then the touchdown throw is the execution. But, I mean that that pop up play is the big play. It's the big play in the in the in the game. You know, as far as the being able to pull away, because I think if they don't get that play, if they don't score on that drive, the 49ers were playing them well up until there, and then that was the big momentum shift. So I honestly don't think the 49ers did very much bad in this game on defense. First drive and then last drive. I think those are the only two times where they had. Um, areas where they need to clean things up, and the rest of the, all the middle, they played very well. Correct. 16 carries for 44 yards between their two running backs. That is impressive. James Conner, two carries, or 10 carries, excuse me, for 29 yards, and Chase Edmonds, six for 15. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. The, the, two, the two or three big runs that they did have came from Rondale Moore on those little gadget plays that they run with him. Um, you know, he, he's a very dynamic guy in space, and they found very creative ways to get him the football. He was able to capitalize on a few of those. But for the most part, running game was just not there. And Kyler Murray, seven rushing attempts, one yard. Yeah, because there's a lot of sacks. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, he, he only had the one real design run where he ran to the left, um, off the left, off tackle. Off the little read option. Yeah, and he got, I think he got like, what, seven, eight yards on it or I think whatever. So. Actually, it might have been ten. It was Jimmy Ward was coming to fill. They didn't get the first, so um jimmy oh, so ward was, been seven, yeah. yeah jimmy ward was coming to philly just got there a little bit late he was reading it late sitting flat-footed um but yeah you're right i mean they did a pretty good job of of handling the run game and that's what they needed to do they need to execute and really that's one that's one area the 49ers can look at in the future and be like you know what we can handle this run game with seven guys they did it all throughout the game uh but dante johnson coming up big and and there's a lot of detractors out there but dante johnson has played well in the nickel role in the 100 he has he has been very serviceable for this team, and that's the reason that he's still around. Because um, besides that first drive where they were taking advantage of the the zone with Christian Kirk, and it wasn't so much on him, but just on the way we were playing it. I mean, really, did you hear anything from him? There wasn't any real bad. Oh, I guess the one along the sideline um, that uh, what's his name caught the the fast receiver. Um, more, more, yeah, the toe tapper. That's, that's a great catch. Oh though. man, I mean, another situation where Kyler breaks a pocket, throws one up, um, and he's blanketed by DJ. DJ's there. Yeah. He's there. I think the only thing you could ask DJ to do a little bit better is maybe locate the ball and, and try and get a hand on the ball and yeah. tip it away because he could have. But 
I mean, even then, you're you know, those are situations where you have a guy making a play, yeah. right? They execute. Our receivers in some of those situations didn't. Yeah. They made more of those type of plays that kept drives going than we did. And that's sometimes that's a difference in a game. It's just a couple of those plays going either either which way. Um, I, I think DJ played phenomenal today. I thought he played fantastic. I thought for the you know outside of the first drive and that catch to Rondale more specifically, he felt like he was in the right spots. Felt like he was doing what he needed to do. I saw him a couple of times come up and help set the edge on a couple yeah. of the outside runs. Um, you know when when a guy had an inside stunt, including one where I think it's I think it's Samson Ebicom stunts all the way. It looks like he stunts all the way across the formation. It looks like they vacate that middle. They take a page out of the Rams playbook and what the Rams did, where they bring their outside guy on contain and try and force Kyler to, oh, I can get outside and DJ's there. Except it was a run fit. They bring the stun around thinking it's pass, it's a run, and DJ's there, and Connor has to try and come back inside. And, you know, the, the D line just kind of swallows it whole at that point. And Fred Warner comes in. Yeah. I think Fred Warner makes the play and then slithers over the top of, yeah. of, <laughs> of course he does. Of, of, uh, of yeah. uh, James Connor in that situation. Uh, I thought the defense played phenomenal. I thought the guys stepped up and made plays when they needed to. I think we only had a few mishaps. And, you know, as a 49ers fan, you may be sitting there going, well, those few mishaps cost us and set up points. You may be right. But if you're beholding the, the highest scoring offense and one of the higher producing scoring or higher producing offenses in terms of yards and things like that, the 17 points and 100 yards less than what they've been doing to everyone else in the league, you take those and you're expecting to get a win out of those. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan schemed it up in a big way. I mean, he came out and this ga- this game plan was was very thought out and very well executed by the most part. I mean, 17 points against this team should be applauded. There should be no negative talk about D'Amico Ryan's at all. Um, D'Amico Ryan should be getting out of boys and, and, and people should be patting him on the back. That's what he deserves. He deserves that right now because he's come out and he's put together great game plans for three weeks in a row. And this week it came to fruition even more than the other ones because... Um, the points didn't show up for the other team. So I, I definitely like what he's doing, and I, I I have complete faith in him. I mean, really, every single week I'm excited to get into the L22 because we get to see what he was doing and what he was thinking and how he was moving his players around. And I'm curious this week, it looked like sometimes they didn't move people around, and, and Kyler was like, y'all going to move? What, what y'all doing? <laughs> it's like he expected yeah. more disguises than he got. And there were a couple times where they showed things. I saw one, for example, where they showed – it looked like they were showing cover three. And then as the ball is being snapped, you see, I think it's Jimmy Ward, turn and sprint, sprint to deep half in the running cover two. But they didn't roll him late or like, they literally let Kyler snap the ball and then they're like, all right, get there, guys. He's booking it. Uh, It's different. It's a different approach than what we saw. We didn't see as much man today on third downs as we have in the past. It's Kyler. Uh, of Of course, you can't. But that's what I mean. We said that this was something that that was probably going to be the case. D'Amico adjusted, and he adjusted very, very, very well. And again, it seems like, man, whenever this guy dials up blitzes, it's the right freaking blitz. It always feels like the right blitz, including that Talanoa Hufanga blitz on that key third to try and get the Niners the ball back and force a fourth down, put the ball back in the Niners' hands and a chance to win the game, or at least you know go down and put some points on the board at the end of the game. Man, right call, Talanoa Hufanga, amazing job of execution. Uh, those are the type of plays that the coach goes, okay, Rook, we can get you on the field. We can utilize you a little bit more now. I feel more comfortable putting you in those types of situations. Wait until we get into the game film of that exact play and see where D Ford was. He's outside of Josh Norman. So they got a receiver in, in sort of tight, and Norman's on him. And you see Ford go around him and sets up outside. So when the rush comes from him and Hufonga, they're all the way got oh my Kyler Lord. completely boxed in. 
Uh, yeah, it's nice. I go, I, I when I was watching it live, I go, where is the D4 going? Oh, he's coming from way outside. <laughs> way yeah. outside. Yeah, and you see Kyler started to roll, and he looked at Funga, and he looks back. Oh, here comes D4. Oh, I better Jesus. not go that way. Oh, I can't go there. Yeah. Well, I, guess, I, guess, I guess I'm just going to have to throw this ball away. Then. Yep. All shucks. It was good. The defense executed, yeah. and we had some key matchups that maybe helped play a part in that. And what was your key matchup, and uh, did the Niners win it? Yeah, uh, the 49ers key matchup was the D-line versus Kyler Murray. And it was all about Groundhog Day. Um, I wanted everything to feel the same for him. I wanted him to feel like he needed to throw from the pocket every single time, have no time to get outside the pocket. And they did that for the most part. They kept him inside the pocket, made him try to complete pass from there. He's just not as good doing that. He's good when he can get outside, extend the plays, let his great receivers create. But if you make him throw from the pocket and then hit check down receivers, um, it, it doesn't work out for him. He's just not consistently good at that. Um, he's a very good quarterback and a very good player. But, yeah, I thought the 49ers defensive line did an excellent job in this game. They got they got to him. They got sacks. But ultimately what they did was force big uh, throwaways and, and big plays where they could get off the field. And that's what they needed to do. I love the game plan. I love the rush lanes that they stayed in. They didn't give him out, you know, avenues to be able to find little creases to get out. Um, so, yeah, I was all for this. I like what the 49ers defensive line did, and I think they're a big reason the 49ers held them to 17 points. He may have completed 71% of his passes, Ant, but it was 71% of his passes, and most of the time on key crucial third downs, he was throwing the ball away or checking the ball, ball below the sticks, and the 49ers were rallying to make tackles. And when you're doing that, you're getting that team off the field, and if yeah. they're not on the field, that offense is on the field, they are not scoring points. That was key. Yep. It was huge. They got it done. And my defensive key matchup was this wonderful one here, Chase Edmonds versus Ease Alshair. It may not have always been Alshair alone by himself, but you know what I didn't do a lot of today? Man, Alshair is out of position. Man, Alshair is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He did exactly what he needed yeah. to do. And guess what, folks? That run game for the Cardinals was stifled. Stifled. This is a big win for the 49ers defense, a big win for Aziz Al-Shair, whether it was in the run game and run fits, occupying his lane, not giving a lot of cutback angles, or just out in coverage, keeping guys in front of him, making Kyler Murray check the ball down, and once he checks it down, rallying and making tackles. Aziz Al-Shair, my guy? I was a big negativo on Al-Shair coming into the year. I am happy that I'm eating all of this crow right now about Aziz Al-Shair. This dude looks like he's the real deal. I cannot wait for Dre Greenlaw to get back, and we get all three of these guys rolling in space. The turnovers haven't been the same since Greenlaw's been out. I imagine it's going to take an uptick when he returns. It could be, and I think the energy at the linebacker level takes an uptick as well because Dre Greenlaw brings some energy and brings some, some confidence and some physicality, and I'm looking forward to those three guys feeding off each other and playing together. No longer will teams want to put us in a base 4-3 set again, but we must give praise as well to Marcel Harris who when he was out there stepped up in a big way, did better on run fits, was better in coverage. Everything that he did was just a little bit better. So that is promising and good. Um, maybe the 49ers won't sign a linebacker now because you know he played well. We'll see. It could have been also scheme and what they're facing against Arizona. It'll be different you know, each week as you play different football teams. But yeah, there was a lot of great performances in this game from a defense that stepped up in a big way and maybe put out a blueprint for how you handle Arizona in the future. Maybe the 49ers defense has unlocked something that can help other teams beat them, which I'm all for. Arizona, I hope you don't win any single games this year, the rest of the year. In fact, I hope the whole NFC West just completely chokes at this point. Everyone go downhill, <laughs> right? And that means you know the Niners have plenty of time to get it figured out. Eh? Yeah. Plenty of time. If the NFC West becomes the NFC least this year, I, I, I'm not going to say I'd hate it. Don't get me wrong. It's not great, but <laughs> because we'd be a part of that. 
but it also keeps us in contention just a little bit longer. Well, the 49ers just got to start winning, and then everyone else can lose, and then it's good. And that's all good. And then we yeah. pull away completely, right? Yeah. We run away yeah. with it. It's all good. Look, we get it. All right. yeah. it's, it's fine. Uh, look, we talked about our straight beast. Yeah. Now we got to get to who was hot in the block for this defense in week five, and there's a lot of names that are potentialities. But let's get to it. It's time for the block is hot. Yep, time for the defensive block is hot player of the game. Alex, who's your guy? Who was the one that was making all the defensive plays that you were the most excited, and who did you think stood out? <coughs> Bosa! Look, Bosa, Nick Bosa was doing phenomenal yep. work today, whether it was pressuring Kyler Murray, um, you know, getting in there and getting sacks, tackles for losses. Um, you know, there was the, the botched... The botched run attempt where the, he's trying to get the read option, the ball comes down and falls at his feet. He's trying to pick it up, and Bosa is lying in there to destroy Kyler Murray. That was great to see the big sack as well from this man. Um, Nick Bosa consistently, time and time again, makes life a living nightmare for a quarterback. Um, there were plenty of times where Kyler was trying to change his angle, throwing off of his back foot because Bosa was getting ready to put put the hammer down on him and hit him a couple different times as well. Uh, Nick Bosa is an absolute monster, whether it's the run game, whether it's the pass game. You know, last week we saw them send three dudes at Nick Bosa at one point, and he ran through them like they were ghosts. They were pieces of paper blowing in the wind, and he was, you know, the guy, the, the sheriff stomping into the tavern, you know, to lay down the law and the authority. Uh, Nick Bosa is an absolute you know, just just saving grace for this defensive line. He makes things saving easier. Yeah, he makes things easier for everybody else. Armstead is feasting at a level that we have not seen this year because teams can't send double teams. Last year, he was the only guy that they were worried about, and they doubled him all the time. Now, if you double a guy like Eric Armstead, you are leaving Nick Bosa one-on-one in space, and you are going to lose that battle nine out of ten times. Nick Bosa's on pace for 17 sacks. Because he has five sacks, and he's, you know, we played five games, so oh. we play 17, so it's. Oh, that's, you talked to horse before I, the show. I didn't even need horse did you, for did this. Did you talk to horse before the uh, show? I did talk to horse before the show, but he did not help me with I this. I don't math. know about that. The resident mathematician yeah. I think definitely helped you with that. Um, one. The one thing I will say, though, is, is Bosa's been playing very well, and Bosa's been executing at a high level. His, the things that he's doing is nice, but D'Amico Ryan's also protected him by moving him inside some, also running him on inside stunts. That way they can't chip him. That way they can't keep taking advantage. You knew they were going to have to do something schematically. The NFL wasn't going to help protect this guy from these crackback blocks. So the Niners needed to figure something out, and they've done it. They've moved him around. They've made it less, um, I guess, less easy for the other team to figure out where he's going to be lined up at. But my guy is also a big part of that. That's Eric Armstead. Yeah, baby! I'm going with Eric Armstead. I like me some of this. Um, but the reason I'm going to go with Armstead is Armstead continues to put pressures on. And, you know, all throughout the game. You saw it, when they got down to the goal line, he drove his guy back into Kyler Murray, really got held. There should have been uh, a safety on that play. The next play, also, there should be a safety because of another hold. He was just ultimately always there. But if you, when we watch this game film, you're going to be looking at situations where Kyler Murray is getting away from one guy and he's running into to Armstead because Armstead's in the right location. And he's like, oh, I better double back. The DJ Jones sack. Um, there's other other times as well. And I think Armstead just being in the right spots and also on the run fit, breaking double teams and doing what he needs to do has been huge for the 49ers this year. He is one of the best uh, getting hurries. Yes, it hasn't resulted in a lot of sacks, but that's not always what you need. Sometimes you just need 
force Kyler Murray to get, especially a player like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, you're not always going to get them to the ground. What you can do is force an errant throw, force them to throw the ball out of bounds, get rid of it. Those plays are just as impactful as a sack. Can I be 100% honest with you too, Ant? Yeah. The offense starts scoring points in a big way. Those are going to start turning into sacks. Because oh, great. You, know, you know what an offense can do when you're down 14 to nothing or 17 to nothing? Just keep checking the ball down. Just checking the ball down ain't going to win you the football That's game. true. Which means you're going to have to start holding on the ball just a little bit longer. Start taking some of those shots downfield. And those, those hurries are going to start turning into hits. And those hits are going to start turning into sacks. So while the numbers, like the big sack sexy number isn't there for Eric Armstead, a lot of that can be also attributed to one side of the football not getting it done and an offense being able to go, hey, you know what? Their offense can't do anything right now. We just got to survive. We just can't turn the ball over. We got to keep this drive going as long as possible yeah. and then kick it back over to them and say, hey, go ahead and try and beat us because right now it's not happening. I've been saying this since basically week one. That week one game, I, all of my eyes weren't on Bosa. It wasn't Ford. It wasn't Greenlaw. It wasn't Aziz, although it probably should have been Aziz. I should have been watching the guy that I was most critical on. It was on Eric Armstead because I kept hearing all the slander. This man wasn't worth it. This man hasn't been playing up to stuff. We paid this guy. He does nothing. And I watched that week one game and was like, dude, he's it's different this year. And it's different because he's able to actually play in the spots in which he's able to have success. Base four, three downs, he's outside where he's really good against the run, setting that edge. And then they're able to move him on the inside. And when they, whenever they move him on the interior, he is feasting. And it's something we didn't get to see last year. Those double teams that you talked about, his rip move is phenomenal as well. The way he gets skinny. Uh, man, Eric Armstead is fantastic. DJ Jones has been phenomenal. That's yeah, been a blessing. Really good, yeah. It's been a blessing to get this guy back. And Bosa has been freaking Bosa. Um, the one guy that we haven't seen, I guess, shine per se, is Samson Ebucom. But I'll tell you what, Samson Ebucom has been phenomenal against the run. He's been really good against the run in most cases. They're going to put this whole thing together, and we're going to get a, a crazy sack game this year. I know it's coming. Be patient, faithful. Be patient, cutback crew. It's going to happen. Yeah, it is. I have, I have faith in the defense. And the thing is, though, you just do what you're asked to do. That's I mean, it. when it comes down to it, every single player is going to have their moment. When they do, they got to execute. Um, but it also you know, comes down to playing complementary football. The defensive line had to stay in their lanes this week to make sure Kylie, Kyler couldn't get free. Kylie, I like oh, because it. I didn't mean that. I know you um, if he gets free, then he can create. So you have to keep him in your pocket. So it's not like I said, it's not always about rushing fast. It's about rushing smart. And they did that. They they did it the right way. At times they were rushing fast. At times they were rushing in their lanes. And they had to make sure they did that. And they kept him in the pocket. And that's why was it a huge sack day? No. But when those sacks came, they ended drives. Drive ending plays are awesome. They're great. The sacks were phenomenal when that happened. Uh, the defense has been stepping up lights out the last few weeks. And D'Amico Ryans is definitely a big part of that success, putting these guys in the right spot. And the defense going out and executing is a big part of that as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, but from block is hot, players, we got to talk about guys who put the hurt on the Arizona Cardinals, the newest members of the hurt business. It's time to talk about them. Hurt business, let's do this. business time is upon us and there are names you may not feel like it maybe you know what you're sitting here going no the hurt business is my heart because we keep losing games i understand that i feel you but there are guys laying hammer there is guys laying the wood and one of those guys is the always iconic trent williams on that big debo sweep and getting out in space and just taking a man and going hey you guy 
you're not a part of this play. It's time to go to the bench and literally pulling a guy, not pulling, but taking a guy almost to the sideline on that run from Debo Samuel. Uh, Trent Williams is notorious for this, man. He's, he's a weekly, he's got a weekly reserved seat in the Hurt business, and he never, never disappoints in filling it. He doesn't. And the reason he doesn't disappoint is because he's got counterparts on the same play like Kyle Juszczyk, who's going to be in the Hurt business because on that exact play, he comes around the corner, he grabs a guy, he throws him down, and then he hits another guy and blocks him. So between those two guys, they block three, and they absolutely take both of them out of the play and create a one-on-one situation for Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel does not lose one-on-one situations. He wins, we win these! And he gets a touchdown. Uh, and Debo's about that now. He's riding his bike, and he's enjoying life. Uh, but that was nice. It was beautiful. It was, <laughs> it was great. And, uh, yeah, he is riding his bike for sure. And uh, DJ also, DJ Jones, another guy that has to come into the hurt business, that big sack. Kyler he feels the pressure up the middle, tries yep. to escape. Uh, okay, no, I got to double back. And before he can even think about doubling back, before he can think about thinking about thinking about doubling back, he gets smacked right by DJ Jones to take him to the ground. Uh, DJ's been killing quarterbacks. I mean, we saw that play a few years ago where he has the, the bull rush over the Seahawks, the Seattle center, oh, yeah. and kills Russell Wilson. Uh, DJ's about that life. Yeah, and on that play, they try to double him. And then when they come off and it's one-on-one, he puts the guard on absolute skates and single arms him all the way back until the guy's out of the way, chucks him, and gets the sack. It's tremendous D-line play and just absolute strength by a very strong guy. Um, yeah. And, that yeah, that's a great play. I'm glad he's in the Hurt Business. And I'm going to go with someone you wouldn't normally decide to put into the Hurt Business. and Someone you would almost never put into the Hurt yeah, Business. Yeah, this position doesn't get noticed very often. Um, but I'm going with quarterback Trey Lance. Because even though he doesn't score, he takes on two guys, a linebacker, two linebackers, and he knocks one of them out of the game. He knocks Isaiah Simmons out of the game with this huge hit. But the fact he was able to take out, take on two guys and not give up ground, but just it was a stalemate, uh, is very impressive. That dude's a beast. He's got a lot of strength. Uh, so yeah, he's in the hurt business. Also glad that he didn't hurt himself getting into the hurt business. I'm very happy about that. Still don't. So you know. didn't want Suddy. <laughs> didn't want Suddy. No, preferably Suddy. After that play was like. Time to get going. Hey, coach, it's feeling good. <laughs> it's loose. It's ready to go. I'm ready to <laughs> sling this bad boy. Uh, look, that that was it. I mean, he just you want to win? Put Suddy in. Put Suddy in. <laughs> uh, Trey tra- did a great job yeah. there. Um, you know, it, it was a scary moment. I think for a lot of 49ers fans, it wasn't for me. Uh, I wasn't worried about it. I I was watching the head mostly, so I wanted to see if there was compression at the neck and then right. Oh gosh. Nah, he was good. He was fine. Um, he, he bounced off of that pretty nicely. Um, Isaiah Simmons did not. Somehow, no concussion, though, for Isaiah Simmons. Hey, good. That's, I'm glad he didn't have a concussion. I'm also confused as to how he didn't have How he missed concussion. two quarters without a concussion? Yeah, it's kind of funny how that, that happens. Eh? Winded. That's, <laughs> he had the wind knocked out of him. Or he had the poop knocked out of him. Oh, could have been that. Yeah. I guess it could have been that. Yeah. I, guess, I guess you're not wrong. I guess you have to literally be stumbling over like Danny Dimes in order to... <laughs> What's happening? Look, it, it was just good to see Trey Lance yeah. doing some of the things that he likes to do. Um, definitely can't be doing those things long-term to have a long, healthy career. Yeah. Um, and you can just talk to Cam Newton about that. It's really, really hard to be that kind of player and play at a high level in the league. He'll learn that. And I think he learned a little bit from, from that one today. Like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that all the time. Might be, uh, might be time to me find other ways to put that ball in the end zone. Maybe going over the top, uh, diving inside, maybe trying to spin off or something like that. But Trey's going to learn. He's in the learning process right now. That's where he's at with his development. Um, I just like the fact that he was confident and comfortable enough with himself to put himself in that situation. And, hey, you know what I don't think? You know what I don't question? 
I don't question his heart. I don't question his want, wanting to put right. this team over the top and get in the end zone. Uh, he put his body on the line for sure on that moment. Oh, 100%. He, he looked at it like this is an opportunity for me to make a play for my team. And he tried. And he went out there and he tried. You're right. I mean, and he did the coaching point, right? You're running out of room. Get vertical. Get upfield. Try to get yourself into the end zone. You're 230 pounds. You're probably going to be able to bowl someone over and get in there. And the fact he met two guys he wasn't able to. Um, I do think that moving forward, he'll stretch that farther to the sideline where it can be, you know, because he had about two yards until he got to the sticks. He could have possibly reached in, you know, try to get the ball over. Um, put your shoulder, put right, put one shoulder at the pylon and the other shoulder at the guy and then just try and sneak through try the to sneak window. Through. I, I think so. I think he'll learn all those things. The other thing he could do, and this is something Aaron Rodgers does in those situations, instead of deciding to run early, re- retract a little bit, make those guys reset, and then throw the football. Um, but those are all learning things. I mean, there's no way I expected him to know what to do. In fact, I was yelling at the time, get vertical, get up there and run someone over. Do it, guy. Um, so if he heard me, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, want, him, I don't yeah. want you to be sorry, and I don't want him to be sorry. Um, he did the thing that comes natural yeah. to him. I, I was all for it. And you know what? Watch Trey Lance highlights. This is something that Trey Lance has always done and had success at every level doing, getting yeah. vertical and running through people for, for extra yardage. Yeah, just like Jimmy in week one. <laughs> Are you talking about in the? Oh yeah, I know. I know. I remember. My brother literally, as he got vertical and put the help. No, no, Jimmy, why? Right of all the plays where Jimmy Garoppolo could have gotten hurt, that's the one people expect him to get hurt on. Not getting need in, need in the calf, in the calf by Carrie freaking Hyder. Gosh darn you, Carrie Hyder. Maybe Carrie Hyder is the bad luck guy for Jimmy. I'm starting to think. so. Well, I don't know. He wasn't around earlier. Technically true. Can't put it on Carrie. I like Carrie. Carrie's a good dude, and I'm glad that he didn't have his concussion either and was out there playing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he's good. Absolutely. I like, I like Carrie Hyder. <clears throat> Carrie Hyder, big fans of the podcast. Carrie, come on anytime, man. Yeah. Come on anytime. Uh, Cutback Crew, let us know what you thought about all of this great, wonderful recap down below in the comment section. And if you want an even further and in-depth look at this game, head on over to Patreon because the All-22 film and the breakdown of that will be coming out very, very soon in the next day So you, next day or two, so don't miss out on that. We'll have both halves, basically like an hour and a half breakdown. we get three hours of breaking down the game and really getting a deep dive of what's going on in this football game, where the 49ers had success, where they didn't. If you didn't like some of the play calling, good look at, at the film, the All-22 film, and figuring out, did Kyle Shanahan bollocks this up here? Is this all bad? Or... Did he make a pretty good call? We just didn't execute the way we need to. Um, so head on over to Patreon if you're interested in looking at that. And don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell. That way you don't miss any of the great content coming right here on YouTube. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out during the week. We're going to help you get through this week and get through the bye week. Um, enjoy the content. Let's kind of just take a breather um, and really get into you know, some, of the, some of the other conversations about the 49ers team. Let's see what they do this week. Uh, what they decide roster-wise as we move forward. And now they start getting ready because, I mean, we really won't have any preparation um, for the Colts until next week. They're going to take it nice and easy. They're just going to you know, work this week on getting healthy, getting better. And we're going to take a look at what they did early in this week and keep this game all about you know, reflection on what they've done to this point in the season and what they need to do in the future um, to get back into playoff contention and have a chance to get into the playoffs. I'm excited for all of that. I'm really excited to get into the All-22 um, that is fun, and that's a that's a great breakdown. If you guys really like breaking down film or want to understand football more, hop over to Patreon and check it out. If you have questions that you would like us to answer in the Patreon breakdown video, let us know um, so we can we can help you guys out and and answer those questions. Yeah, leave those questions. You can leave them directly on Patreon or the video itself, um, whatever way you'd like. Um, we we have no problem with that. We we would actually yeah. love to to go even further, and even if we needed to 
take individual clips and break those down because we can bring those over here as well and let everyone kind of see what patreon is about but if you know if you're wary about that yep so no definitely for sure leave your questions let us know what you thought about all this let us know what you thought about the game everything this is a safe space you can let it all out right every opinion here is welcome uh just make sure you come correct make sure you come with with your reasonings make sure you come with your 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 thought out your process as to why you're feeling the way you're feeling and we can have a fun conversation about it that's what we want to do here on the 49ers cutback discuss um you know we're not always going to be right you're not always going to be right sure. but what we can do is share those opinions let each other know where we're coming from and broaden our horizons and hopefully better understand this team overall yeah i think that's the whole key right we want to talk about our team we're passionate about our team we want our team to win. Ultimately, that's what everyone wants. So um, since we have those points that we can all agree on, I think it's easy for us to come to you know, some sort of a, a group effort that we can get this done and talk about our team in a positive manner. And really, it's not about talking positive or negative about our team, but just not talking positive or I mean, not talking negative about the people that are doing that um, because perspectives are all welcomed. And I, I am curious. I mean, sometimes I think that, you know, even I have interesting perspectives than what other people think, and that's okay. And people can call me on those if they want, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the conversation this week. I think it's going to be a fun week as because we don't have no game to build toward, so it's going to be all about the 49ers, no other team to talk about, um, and we'll get into the Colts eventually. We will definitely get to the Colts eventually. I'm really not f looking forward to Quest for the West, but I'll be there, guys. <laughs> I'll be there to take my lumps as the Arizona Cardinals are now firmly at the head of the table, and there's no one else to sit there. But I will be making the case that the 49ers are in second place. We'll see you over on Quest for the Less. Cut back crew and the faithful. Until the next one, stay safe. Remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way. way.